We ready? Let's go. Fucking tear this shit up. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thursday evening, yeah. Irish Clark. Let's yeah. fucking go. Yeah, let's go, man. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> Hi, and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I'm Andy Ori, and alongside me is my co-host, Pippa Sturt. Hi, Andy. Hi, Pippa. And today, we are joined by Kieran Burke. How are you doing, Kieran? Very good, Andy. Hey, Pippa. Thanks Hi. for having me. Welcome to the podcast. Anyway, so uh, we always like to ask this. Kieran, what is keeping you up at night at the moment? Uh, so fucking dull, but our product journey at the moment. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus, even the title's not exactly it's not happening. I mean, it's got the word journey in it. Which darling, likes I, journey. darling, can I talk to you about my product cycle? Just like, shut the fuck up and tidy up a bit. <laughs> I, well, maybe I shouldn't have answered, honestly. No, no, it's uh, I mean, good. Like, let's talk about it. Like, no, normally, no, I have an easy answer because I support Villa and normally they're terrible, but actually they're doing really well at the moment. So. Look, make, make, making things is Fucking difficult, basically. Yeah. And making things physically is difficult. And making good software is difficult. So what's going on? Yeah, like it's a it's a bittersweet thing. Uh, this is probably so dull. No, no. Uh, but our, our like our marketing team are smashing out of the park. They're doing an awesome job. Again, there's all this great SEO traffic, uh, and we made some kind of changes in terms of the user and where someone signs up, and it's not going so well. Um, so we uh, need to kind of. Re- oh, you, oh you made like a detailed change and it's fucking yeah, fucked kind of like up a flow self, self-generated pain and was highly unnecessary. Unintended consequences. Yeah. 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 So uh, we're, we're, we're fixing it at the moment and I'm sure it will be grand. Uh, but genuinely, that was kind of annoying me the last couple of nights, I suppose. Yeah, we've, we, we've had clients who've used your services. I'm sure you'd explain it better, but, you know, Swoop is a company that is an aggregator for the debt industry or, a, you know, a broker. Yeah. For, is, is that fair? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like the, the missing middle, we say. So uh, if you're really, really young, set up a company, you tend to have loads of, like, nice startup things, all the government packages and things like that. And then if you're really, really successful, like turning over maybe 10 million, all the kind of big banks, everyone wants you, and there's loads available. But that kind of, I'm turning over between 100 grand and maybe 10 million. Big banks don't really have a big uh, footprint anymore. There's no kind of one-to-one personal relationship. So you might not necessarily have a financial background. So you don't know where to where to go. And there's actually loads of funding options out there, not just debt. You could look at equity, you could look at grant. It's like, yeah. So it's sort of the bit between kind of pre-seed and series A. Yeah. Or or you, you could just be like, I've, I've got a pizza shop and I want to open a second pizza shop. And hey, just because you don't give a shit if you're opening up a second pizza shop, but like you might need 50K. Unless you've got a pizza oven that's worth two Isn't million Isn't that pounds. mad that we've got to a stage that the bank's wouldn't uh, wouldn't you know a nice tidy business turning over wouldn't happily lend fifty grand or whatever they need yeah. to, to, to we say well you just said they wouldn't do that now yeah well it's just because they, they uh, with, it's with too COVID, complicated not so much that but with COVID you had uh, bounce back loans and C bills so literally they filled their boots so they I say lended out probably about five or six years worth of small business money and particularly with bounce back loans is that where the banks are really really because they have limits to how much small any small business loans they can make they because they, they, they put about 60 billion out in just the bounce back loan because there wasn't any checks on it. Like you, you or I could go in if you own the small I know, business. It's unbelievable. Go, hey, uh, give me that 25 or give me that 50 and then it's in the bank account the, the next day. So they have a huge job on going like, am I ever going to get any of this back? No, a lot the of time, is no. no. So yeah. they're working with that through that. But then you've got the C-bill side of stuff where they put another tens of billions out there. So they have to kind of monitor and track that. So the appetite actually to put a lot of fresh capital isn't quite there. 
so but there's loads of other stuff outside of the the banks there to get it like the alternative finance in the UK market is huge and there's there's loads loads of different options there and great options but going to your question if I have a pizza shop is HSBC going to be my best bet to get me my loan probably not well HSBC is going to look at that and go if I lend you the money and it doesn't go well, how am I going to get that money back? And you've got a pizza oven that's worth like five grand or something, and that is freaking it. Like, there isn't anything that they can put their hands on and take. Yeah, there used to be just, um, I, it, it was, I guess, somewhat in the fact that people were more honourable. But there were people were much more honourable and had the concept of credit was a thing. And you lose your credit, that's a bad thing. So the way you kept your credit is you kept your word. And that was all it meant. So you could lend that at level. Yeah, well, you, you, you kind of still have that at that respect. Because like, okay, taking your example there, okay, yeah, I can value an asset and that might be five grand. But... Uh, credit scores are important, um, particularly for people like HSBC. So you can lob your credit score in there at both a personal and a business level and they can see, hey, you've got a mortgage, you're paying that back, you've got a, a mobile phone bill, so on and so forth. I do also see a lot of personal guarantees yes. in that early stage lending yes, piece, yes. which is scary, man. It is, it is, it is. But at the same time, like you're setting up a business, it's a risky thing. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to have to, it can't all be like clouds and candy floors. What are you talking it's all candy and flowers. <laughs> yes, you can't have it all the ways. But at the same time, you've had this huge wave of other unsecured uh, financing where you can do yeah. it without PGs. And like you touched on asset finance, you, yeah. you can do things around physical assets and reduce the risk. Um, but yeah. If so you- many people recently, it's weird. I had coffee with somebody yesterday who said, yeah, you know, towards the end of, of lockdown, we just, we, you know, we got a bounce back loan. Yeah. Like everybody did it. Oh, it's yeah. just there. Well, you set up a limited company, you'll get a bank account open you could do with your mobile phone, and then you press a few more buttons, you get 50 grand. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, was, it, it was wild. It was rife. I'd actually like to understand your business a bit more, but let's get back there. But on this bounce back loan thing, you know, do you think it was bad? Like, the reason, let's remember why we did it. So they launched C bills, which is 250 grand, and it was 80% back by the guarantee, but it was still the fucking bank. So the bank were like, well, what do you want it for? Can we have four day cash flow? And people were fucking dying out there like it was chaos you know it was you know that before anyone introduced any you know that and then they did and then they said this is crazy they obviously did a calculation said there's going to be loads of fraud but just give them all 50 grand because that's what they're doing they're just handing out money in other countries yeah and I, I think that helped a lot of businesses that I good because they put it in their bank and they've kept it in their bank but it's helped, you know. The one I really love is the future fund because that is going to create chaos for the for years to come. It's brilliant. Because, Are they going to make money? I reckon they'll make money. No, but the problem is, the rule is, right, you could borrow, if you've got an investment, you could borrow a matching amount of money but within three years, you had to do an, you have to do another investment raise for the same or more. And if you don't, that loan is then at the end of three years repayable, but with a hundred percent penalty. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's like, suddenly it's coming to the end of three years since yeah. they took it out. They're all desperately trying to raise the money because otherwise they're going to have to pay double back, and yeah, it's going to be I hilarious. I mean, yeah. bad, yeah, but also entertaining because it's mad how quickly those three years go. And I remember talking to people, and a few people, I said, "You do realise this is the deal." And I had one client who went, "Oh fuck that! I'm not doing that." So banks are struggling. What's your plan? Uh, I don't, well, I wouldn't say struggling in terms of I would just to, say the, to do that. The, debt. The, the, the major banks at the moment, because of bounce back loans and C bills, have 
put a lot of capital into SMEs. So therefore, they're probably their big strategic focus isn't going to be how do we put more capital into these SMEs? Let's focus on getting some of this cash back. Uh, however, outside of that, you've got a really healthy mix of loads of different alternative lenders willing to do different products and product specialisms, whether it's asset finance, revenue-based, merchant cash advance, invoice finance. There's, there's a lot out there, but obviously this can be gobbledygook or double dutch to someone. So it's about educating small business owners to understand their credit eligibility and what products might be a good fit for them because it can let them grow or it can it can make them feel more at ease because uh, a lot of the time things can get tight. It's quite rollercoaster. You seem to be able to move quite quickly too. Most of the time that, you you know, that always surprises me because people want to get debt. They want, they want it soon. And most of the time it's a process and there's 72 forms and three months later they'll tell them no. But you seem to suggest every time I send you a client, say, oh, ring me. We might be able to sort it out by Friday. And I'm I'm like, what the fuck's going on down there? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, well, I think that's where the innovation piece is coming. That's where everyone's, with, the, the banks are kind of losing because because of technology, you are able to make those credit decisions so much more quickly and move the cash a lot more quickly. Like open banking is massive, both from a fraud protection point of view, but actually to allow me to do my credit model. Open banking being the open APIs. I, I am willing to share my banking data with you. I give you permission. It's done over two-factor authentication, so it's a little bit more secure than traditional screen scraping when you connect your bank account. So what a lender can do is suck all that data in, quickly analyze it against their credit model say yay or nay. But what it's also doing is the veracity of who that person is and what their account says. So you're 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 you're, you're ruining that kind of shadiness is like, is this PDF real? Yeah, because you're seeing the truth. Mostly, you could, it'd be quite an exercise, but you could fabricate that data if you wanted to. Not if you do the open banking, because there's no fabric. It's, it's a yeah, live it's feed yeah, into your bank account. Yes, it's almost, it is unfathomable. Oh, hence, it's the basis of double entry bookkeeping, you know, yeah. yeah. So uh, with that ability to see right in there and yeah. to, to quickly ascertain if there's affordability there, then I can make that decision. But had you ever let, you never lent to startups then? You've seen their bank uh, accounts. Uh, no, well, we, you, well, this 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 country. It's coming. It's gone. Nah, it's uh, coming. Well, it's gone. This, this country is blessed with two unbelievable schemes. If you're a startup, like it's just so good. Uh, the government backed startup loan scheme is absolutely unbelievable. You, as a startup, in your first three years of making commercial sale, you could have set the company up ten years ago, but you made your first sale last week. You got three years taken. You or any of your directors in the business can get up to twenty five grand at a flat rate of six percent, and the first six months is interest free, and you can spread that over Piss to five. I've years. never heard of this. Unbelievable. Like, how good is that from a cash flow perspective? Yeah, so personal guarantee, 25 grand. Any director, you have to have a business less than 10 years old that has made a sale within three years. Uh, if, if the business can be registered whenever. It's whenever you when made you your, your first, first sale. commercial sale. That's like your three-year clock ticking. you got to do it within you, three you, years. You, you, 25 grand per director, so there's 10 directors I can get. Yeah, fire away with your 250. But you also don't need to go for the, the max out in the 25. It, it starts at 500 Who'd you go to this? For who's selling? So, so you can go to Spoop where you can go, uh, it's a government back scheme. In in business financing, or in any financing, it's intimidating, as you're saying, whether it's personal guarantees or large sums of money. So there's going to be a human there to help along the way. But the technology can do a huge amount. Like that application ah, form so filling. So if a human type it in in your office, if if, so, if I email and say, I need, I need 100 grand Tuesday, right? But you use smart things. Like you put in Ari Clark instead of your name, anything like that. Companies House API, beautiful thing. I can suck all that data on who you are, who the directors are, what age you're, what sector you're in, and then fill that in every possible form imaginable and say, get that time back in your diary. Same with if you 
use open banking, plug the bank account in, give you all the indicative offers, all the information in front of you. Do you know when I you say open banking, I'm, a, I'm very aware of it, but I, to me, I think it's an account. Yeah, it's great. We can do the accounts. We can plug it in the accounting system and do the accounts. Much better, you know, reliable source of data. But And I am aware now that companies, debt companies just say, yeah, I can lend you mine, give me access to your zero or give me access to your yeah. bank. And then they just plug their computer in, it runs some graph and says, these guys are a fucking disaster yeah. or not. And when you say how game changer it is, it is actually because it's there's been no truth before, yeah. you know. And, and and but the good thing is like it could be like no, don't go for monthly, like not a good idea. Yeah. Not looking so hot in here. But then it yeah. can go like, hold on a second, you fucking Egypt, you are spending your Lloyd's bank account doing transfers to your developer yeah. in Poland. Why are you doing that? Use yeah. Wise or Revolut, and you'll save. 10 grand yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Operating oh, costs right. so you, lower. You will provide that kind yeah, of additional it's, it's, it's easy value to, to add advice. Like, why on earth are you spending this gigantic sum of money on something you don't don't need to do? And do you just do you just deal with debt or do you do so so equity and grants? So so the other amazing scheme uh, that is in the UK and it's just got better the, about the only thing that ever got better in the budget the last couple yeah. of budgets is SEIS so SEIS we love SEIS yeah it's true and we love it because there's so many rules people get it wrong well, yeah. three years and, th- and 350 now isn't it 250 250 three in, years as well that you can, yes. you can but not see. until not until April. April what amazing scheme because like traditionally equity is like for tiny 0.1% of businesses out there, whereas this is about like tapping into literally the private investment market and be like, I don't need you to go to the moon. I just need you to make a profit and get me my money back in a tax efficient about, manner. I often say, I think it's a Gordon Brown thing. You love Gordon Brown. I do love Gordon Brown. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, we, 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 I, the main um, tax partner, Jeremy, we had a chat about this. Is It's like, like they got a lot of things wrong, but the EIS, SCIS, VCT, I mean, they're tough rules, but they are, it's, it's, it's driven so much. The Venture capital community is the largest outside of America, hands down, because of that scheme. And I, it's the perfect, it's set at the perfect level. I would like to it's thank like, that scheme for my you, career. You want to, yeah, you want to, exactly, you want to put 200 grand into a company that has got absolutely no hope right now. I mean, these fucking guys are lunatics with an idea where it'll be 150 or But you can have half the money back for sure. And if you've got a capital gain, you get 78% of it back. So it's only going to cost you a thing. He looks like a lovely chap. What about a roll of the dice? It's perfect. It's, it's like, so it's, good. It's so clever. It's fantastic. It's, an, oh yeah, it's, it's so good. And it's just like trying to make as many people aware of it, uh, particularly in that embryonic stage of setting up a business because it's not about going to the moon. It's You can use your network or other networks out there to take advantages of capital to get you up and running. And the, the other one to, to be interesting to look at is the R&D tax credits because... Oh, they're oh. fucking that up though. Yeah. It's under review. Do you know this? Oh, no, it didn't. Tell well, me more. I read in the FT because there was a scathing article about how this is basically the life science community is our strongest card mm. worldwide. We're absolute fucking killers. Yeah. We've got the NHS, we've got the we've got thing. The NHS is falling apart. The problems. No it's becoming fragmented. It's becoming privatized. Our crown jewels of, of data is getting fucked up. Twelve years of a Tory government, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, 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 there's much to be said. I fucking hope someone's kicking their door down, saying you're fucking nuts. It's mad. You know, it's it, it, mad. it will destroy the life science industry. Their problem is fraud. That's why they're doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. tackle fraud. Yeah. Make it stricter. Yeah. Get more fucking inspectors. Get tough on it. And if there's that's so your much problem. fraud all Make, over the place. Tweak the rules, but don't be less generous. 
you know, yeah. the good companies throw everything at them, yeah. you know. Maybe just get... We have no grants in this country. We have Innovate, which, you know, yeah, it's, it's fucking... It, make, it's it's can they tough, make it? because if you don't, aren't in AI robotics or whatever, it's, it's, it's pretty challenging. They have this thing called the Smart Grants, which is like 20 million they put out kind of once a quarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can, if you're in, you can probably have to... Like, they have lots of specialist ones. It, how, it, it, how much can you get individually? So individually you can get, well, it's technically 125 because it's, you go for a two, 250, but you have to match fund it, right? Right, okay. But if you go in as so a partner... So it's kind of like future funds yeah, or whatever. If you go as a partnership or work with a university, you can go for slightly more. The only thing I, w- I would definitely say as a positive, having gone through one before, is they review it and give you all the feedback and five people review it. So, yeah, and they hand it different person, different person. Yeah. And each thing you should put an intro, I was taught in oh, it. Right, okay. Because they're not given the other parts necessarily. <laughs> right. well, so, that's really well, or maybe silly. they're so lazy, they yeah. just, they can't be asked, so they just read their bit. But but I would say if people are interested in writing grants because you have to get into the psyche of a grants judge. So if you get five judges writing mm. feedback to you, like that is useful stuff, whether it you get it or you not. What so, you're doing wrong. It tells you what you're doing It tells you actually, have I ever going to, is this, ever going to be because it's like being back in school and you need to get over 70 or whatever to get a pass mark so you know if you're getting the 60s and one or 70s or 80s and one at least you know you're kind of on the right direction in terms of a grant or you're getting your 40s just give up on this grant idea Mm. so I would say it's always painful to go through but actually I would say going through because it's on once a quarter there's no harm if you've got the time do you do do the grant you you have companies we we match we match the grant writing because there's so many grants I know but are you personally as a company are doing grant writing? You outsource? We, we, we outsource the grant yeah, writing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't get it the first time, can you go again? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you, it, it can be very useful from that point of view if you were kind of near the margins. But and then like if it's five different people know, looking yeah, at the same Can't they just send a you put there's that there's 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 five of them, yeah? There's five of them, yeah? Can't they put them on a party bus and tour them around the fucking place and they go all in the... They go in your office, they get... I'm the accountant, I get the accounts, get to fuck around with your zero for a couple of hours, someone asks your salesperson, someone, you know, beat you around a bit. Yes or no, done. Two hours. All five of them, they would find out much better And they'd meet you. Yeah. I mean, you could say what you like, but you know, unless these people are assholes, you've got to have far cool people to find cool people. I don't think the government are going to pay for a party bus. Okay. Forget about the party bus. Can't they take the oyster? (laughs) Maybe a jacuzzi in the back. You know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, they could get this job. And then if they talk to each other, they'd say, you know what, we get a fucking party bus. Well, I hear there's an Irish EIS. Yes, it's called EIS. The frustration with the EIS scheme relative to the EIS and SEIS scheme is it's got moving goalposts. So the rules can sometimes change. So you could, having gotten EIS eligibility, they might decide to tweak it and change it. And also you're allowed to do kind of property-based stuff through it, which is a blocker in SEIS and EIS. So a lot of the investment that goes through EIS ends up being in a kind of property-based asset. So the, 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 a lot of startups don't actually get it. And another big barrier is it costs a fucking ton to get an approval. So you might have to dish out a huge amount of money to work right. with. And then you don't get it. And often. you don't get it. Yeah. But it's actually the network they give you outside of the country. So Enterprise Ireland invested us when we were starting off. And they have basically a biz dev office in every major city around the world. And you will go into that city and you'll ring them up and say, I want to go talk to this bank or this partner or something like that. And they will make that happen. And they will let you use the office space. They'll want you to do okay, events. Okay, so it's the same as like London and Portland. It's yeah, exactly right. like that. And, but, and they're brilliant at it. Like, it's just unbelievable. What are they called? Enterprise Ireland. Enterprise Ireland. Yeah. So, in fact, funnily enough, I had somebody on, when was it, Monday, uh, talking to somebody who said to me, 
He's Irish. Yeah. He's moving, oh my God. <laughs> he's moving to Blackheath and he said, should I start my business in Ireland? Should I set up a company in Ireland or should I set it up in... Both. You set it up as an Irish HQ and then you set up a branch in the UK because you set up as a branch in the UK, it allows you to get SEIS and EIS investment like we did. And then you get the HQ, which goes into the Enterprise Ireland structure and you're able to... Ah, go for and you're in Europe. Yes. I think it's been something I've been wanting to fucking talk about. You know, you know, we talk about it in meetings, but get on air is nice. How, how important these schemes are, how good they yeah. are, how they're well thought through, how yes. they're pretty yes. simple, they're easy to apply... Yes. And they tip the balance. I'm going to invest. I'm not going to lose all that money. Oh, 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 okay. Okay, just, why just, not? Just for a bit of clarity, particularly SEIS and EIS are not that simple that you can do it oh. yourself. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit It's more than just survived From complying with the FCA And all things financy They can also speak fluently In the language of legalese Ori Clark was born and raised right here in the UK And now for 20 years They've been helping others get set up and on their way Ori Clark's door's always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. Uh, what do you think is bullshit in business? Um, it's the disingenuous messages you get from salespeople, like COVID, but as it was two years ago, stay safe. Or, you know, oh, it's just like, oh, it's really getting under my skin. Safe, and they're like, hey, how are you? How's your family? Did you have a really nice break? Oh. Can you please sign this? Uh, you mean the bit where they phone you up and pretend they know you? Yeah, oh, it yeah. drives me up the wall. It's just like, and it's like, and then this bump at the start of an email with all this, you don't give a shit. You, you oh. literally don't care. And if it I says, hi. Christmas or like yeah. arrow shaped Sturt yeah. arrow shakes my surname Sturt and you're yeah. like okay you really didn't input the stuff right to get my name yeah. so I mean it's the, I think it, it's an American thing to me that insincere thing that yeah. like someone worked out in America if you say have a nice it's in a film they say that they, you know or some friend of mine told me that they say worked out scientifically if you say have a nice day sales go up by 0.5% or whatever because it slightly improves the customers no I fucking mind that mean it or don't it's the, mean it like real deep elongated trying to make that personal connection when you haven't yeah. made the personal connection at all and you don't care. I think that's a good shout. Uh, what they should do about it? Stop fucking doing it and just talk to me straight. Just be honest. Just, hey, we've never met before. Yeah. I don't know anything about you, but I'd like to sell you this. Yeah, I'd love that. No problem. This is where we're going to ask you some questions. Okay. Yeah? Quick fire questions. Go. We're going to get to know you. Five seconds each question. We're not going to... We are not <laughs> going to interrupt. Okay? Okay. We're going to keep okay. it snappy. He gets an ID. We need some music. Thank you very much. What was your first job? Um, I gave out leaflets. Uh, my friend's dad was running for to be like a MP. So I um, got paid per leaflet. And what was your worst job? Uh, I had to dress up as Santa Claus once and I didn't get given a beard and I was about 17 and I had to give out mince pies and it looked ridiculous. Favourite subject at school? Mm. 
P underscore. No. Yeah, I just want to. Yeah, what's wrong with that? I'm moving on. What's your special skill? Um, I good memory. You could like geography and countries. I'd say. What did you want to be when you grew up? Tennis player, hundred uh, percent. My favorite toy as a kid was like elastic band, just hitting the tennis ball against it, pretending to be under. Very sexy. strange, man. Next yeah. question. What did your parents want you to be? Uh, there's like such a wanky answer, but they're super supportive. I think they just want me to be happy and have a good time. Like they're good people. Yeah, good. Uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Recently, it's been my way. Oh, that's my one. Yeah. What a mind. Yeah. What a mind. Uh, I just feel like... Suspicious minds. Not a great singer, but you can get crowd involvement pretty early and it builds pretty nicely. And so if it's loud enough in there, you can kind of kind of carry it. But You're not really. very um, organised in your head, aren't you? It's very organised <laughs> yeah. when karaoke. Most people are like, oh, I love the bit with the guitar. Yeah, no, you know? I, I need to get crowd involvement early doors. Amarillo is also um, a good one for that. Office dogs. Business or bullshit? Uh, I'm grand, grand with the, the, the dogs coming in, so I'm more than happy for them running around. The Have you ever been fired? Uh, no, not yet. Hopefully There's not. Still time. Yeah. What's your vice? Uh, cheese. I love cheese. Good. Oh, that's her vice. That's my thing. I was like, who do I know is vice cheese? Oh, your vice uh, cheese. I absolutely love cheese. Fucking killed it. Well done. Okay, so this is where we give you 30 seconds to pitch swoop. A podcast, a book, whatever you want to pitch. Off you go. Genuinely, if you're a business and you're not sure your financial position and you would look at looking financing options, Swoop is a very good idea to come to us, swoopfunding.com. Lovely. And Kieran, if people want to find out about you, where do they go to do that? Um, well, I'll be on the swoopfunding.com website. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. If you want to do that, I've got a funky Irish name, so you might struggle spelling them. C-I-A-R-A-N. I think that's how I would spell Kieran. That's fine. Um, so you there you have it that was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit uh, with um, my wonderful co-host Pippa Sturt our fantastic producer D <laughs> and Kieran what was your surname Butley or something was it Buck uh, it's yeah. close enough there you go it's, it's not it's, have you thought about changing what was your wife's uh, uh, maiden name <laughs> Muse Gursky oh okay, yeah see yeah, the problem <laughs>